Good stuff. Good to worship together this morning. Thanks for being here. Um, all the all the normal people and the regular people, whether you feel normal or not, you're so good that you're here this morning. Mark and Rachel, it's incredibly wonderful to have you guys with us this morning. Great to have Daria back with us as well. Um, and the other visitors among us, you are so welcome. Um, I'm going I'm to read from... Uh, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 6 to begin with, and then I want to share two stories with you, and then I want to finish off by looking at one verse in Luke chapter 23, and um, and all of that should not take too long. The good thing is Judith brought my watch this morning. I'd left it at home, but Judith has brought it, so uh, it should be on time. I'm taking the hint. Um, we're on this, we're still on this series um, walk this way. We're taking it from First John chapter two, verse six. Um, if anybody says that they're in Him, if anybody claims to be in Christ, they must walk in the way that He walked. And um, and that's what we've looked at. And different people have come along and shared their sh- shared um, shared some really helpful stuff. A few weeks ago, Dad took us down the Kingdom way of Jesus. Um, David's taken us through the the the, the idea of power. Um, We've talked about walking with him, worshipping, even while we doubt. We've talked about walking. Last week, we talked about walking with the poor and the marginalized. Amy talked about the way of resilience. And this morning, I want to talk about, um, and I, this, is, this is incredibly challenging. This is, this, for me, this is central. This is central and to what it means to walk fully in the ways of Jesus. It's the forgiving way of Jesus. What is it to walk this way? And so um, one, of, uh, one of my habits, one of my routines, I am very poor when it comes to following through with um, really helpful habits and rituals and routines. But there is one thing that um, I do every morning, well, every Monday through to Friday. Um, I drive Caleb to school, or I drive Caleb, sorry, to the school bus. I'm not that good a father. I take him to the school bus in the village. Um, uh, and so I drop him off at the school bus. And as, I, and, and as I drop him off, there is, he gets on the bus with the rest of the, the students from his school. Just beside him, there's, there's other students who are waiting to go um, to their school across the ways where... Daniel, you get your bus there, don't you, to go to Portadown with all the ones going to the Portadown schools. And so my habit is that I will, at the bottom of Rich Hill, my, my prayer is here, Matthew 6, verse 9, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, let your kingdom come and your will be done. And as I wait at the bottom of Rich Hill, my prayer is, let your kingdom come, let your will be done in Rich Hill as it is in heaven, in Hardy as it is in heaven. And then I just begin to pray for the, the school buses as they prepare to leave. Father, would you let your kingdom come, let your will be done in Armagh as it is in heaven, in Armagh Royal, in the high school, in the tech. And then as I drive past the Portadown schools, Father, let your kingdom come, let your will be done in Portadown as it is in heaven, in Kleiner, in the college, 
in the, in the high school as it is in heaven. And I'm working my way up over the hill and I'm working my way back down the hill in Irish Street to come back home and uh, and get everybody else ready for school. And on my way back down, I, f- I, I close out the rest of the prayer. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And all of that to say that there is something that over, as that has become routine for me, what has struck me every time, um, well, maybe not every time, but in my most alert moments, and uh, maybe that is not very often, but in my most alert moments, I realize what I am praying. When it comes to forgive us our sins as we forgive those. It's just, called, it's just made me reflect as I, as I consider the prayer. Everything else that we're praying, it's for, it's for him to do something. Give us, lead us, deliver us, let your kingdom come. But here in this central part of the prayer, there is a responsibility on us. There is a part that we have to play. There is, it seems to me anyway, that the only part of this prayer that requires something of us is forgive us our sins as we forgive. And so as I speak about this this, this morning, I know that, that maybe some of us are, we are carrying stories, we're carrying situations, we're carrying things that have happened to us that you could maybe be saying, hey, listen, you don't understand. And I don't, I don't understand the complexities and the nuances of all of our different stories. But I do know that the way of forgiveness, that the way of Jesus when it comes to forgiveness, it is so demanding and it is so difficult. I want to acknowledge that. But if, let me read verses 14 and 15 as well in Matthew chapter 6. It's as if Jesus, as he's teaching us this prayer, He's, 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 he's maybe wanting them to hear this connection as forgive us, God, as we forgive others. For if you forgive men, verse 14 says, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So demanding. So Difficult, and you know what? I have spoken to people, and this is the reason. This is the reason why they find it too difficult to follow Jesus. There's something about Jesus. There's something. They're under. It's almost like they understand the cross. They understand what's been done for them. They're, they so love the person of Jesus and all of that. But this, when it comes to when it comes to this, they feel that they can't follow him because they just cannot meet those demands. They feel like they can't. It's too difficult and what Jesus seems to be doing and what he I think he is possibly longing for his hearers to hear is this connection that he makes between forgiveness from God to our forgiving others and I think it's really important to say that we are not that there is no part of of Jesus here or anywhere else that he is saying that do this in order to earn my forgiveness 
Forgive others so that you will in turn earn my forgiveness. I don't think that is what Jesus is saying here. He is connecting forgiveness from God to our forgiving of others, but not in a way that we would try and earn forgiveness, but that we will see the importance of being people who forgive. And so if anything else, that's what I would love, just love to do this morning. That would be the conversation that, that at least that would be the thing that we would converse, that we would dialogue around our tables or across coffee that is demanding as difficult as some of this is, let us at least see the utter importance of being a people who forgive. When I read through the life of Jesus, when I watch how he walks, when I watch what he says, when I, watch, when I read on with, with Paul, the, this idea of reconciliation, it, it, it is, for me, it is... It is uh, the perfect way to describe what the kingdom is like. The kingdom is a world of reconciliation. As we consider the cross, where, what was God doing? God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The kingdom, the kingdom is a world of reconciliation. And so kingdom people are to forgive And again, I think that what Jesus is saying in this prayer, what he is wanting his, what he's wanting his disciples to hear, and I think what he would want us to hear, that forgiveness is the way that kingdom living works. See, our, we, we have these big prayer events and we have these big moments of praying your kingdom come and your will be done. But the truth is, as I read this prayer, as I, as I engage with this prayer of Jesus and what he's wanting his listeners to hear, there is no way that the, the, the kingdom come, the praying kingdom come and forgiveness can be separated. It is, it is something that we can't separate. It's the forgiveness is the kingdom, is the way that kingdom living works. And so before I read a verse from Luke chapter 23, I want to just share two, two real life stories that have inspired me. Um, this first one um, took place in 2006. And it's one of those stories that I come back to often. And then there's another story I want to talk a bit closer to home. Um... First story is about the Amish. The Amish, are, for me, the Amish are a remarkable section of our Christian family. And um, some of their practices are, are, um, are really interesting, um, but they're a remarkable section of the Christian family. And in October 2006, in a, in a small village in Lancaster County, in Pennsylvania, um, there was a 32-year-old milkman. This milkman was known among the community. This this guy delivered the milk to the Amish, to their schools, to their to their to their families. And one day, in October 2006, he walked into the one-roomed 
Amish school and rounded up all of the girls. He got rid of all of the boys, rounded up all of the girls, and I'm so conscious all of a sudden that we have kids in the room. Um, but there, he, five little girls lost their lives. I'll not go into the detail, but five little girls lost their life that day. And you can imagine. Thankfully, it's, it, we can only use our imagination, and I think what we could even imagine wouldn't even touch the pain and the brokenness of um, of what this Amish community felt. It's the Amish community; they live together. Everything they do is is done together. And so these five little girls that lost their lives, this would have been felt by everyone in this little community. But the response that evening, it made, headline, it made the headlines. This was just the way that the Amish community lived, but this one particular occasion, it made the headlines. And in spite of their brokenness, in spite of their pain, that evening, they delivered food they made homemade meals and they delivered it to the wife and the two kids of the man who had just taken the life of five of their little girls. It was remarkable. It's remarkable to read the stories because it, because it went on. They began, to, they began to raise money. This man was, was the one who brought the money into the home and now this lady and all of her brokenness and all of her shame um, to bring up two kids, the Amish rallied together and they raised money for the wife and the two girls of this man who had taken the lives of five of their precious children. And even on the day of the killer's funeral, and the Amish don't like to be, I didn't know this, but the Amish don't like to be videoed, they don't like to be photographed. But because they so wanted to protect this wife and their two girls, they, when the media came, when the media came to the funeral of this guy, the Amish family came out in their dozens and formed a shield right around the wife and the two girls. They formed a shield and they walked with them to the church and they walked with them to the graveside the whole while forming a shield. David's taught that like... And that's so, that, that was the one thing I thought of yesterday. It came to mind again to me yesterday, and that's why I wanted to share it. Because as I watched Christian Eriksen lie on the floor in the football pitch to watch his family and his teammates rally around in a shield and maintain his dignity and all of that, couldn't help but think of this, this community. That even though this woman's husband was responsible for the brokenness and the pain they were feeling in the community, they shielded her on the day of the funeral from the media. It's a remarkable story to engage in or to watch. And one of the midwives who had, who had given, who had helped to give, uh, to bring three of the five girls into this world, she was part of the group of ladies that prepared the meals that brought, that were delivered to this woman and her two children. And she said herself, this is only possible if you have Christ in your heart. People kept asking why and wondering why they were doing what they were doing. People were almost offended. They were offended by how scandalous this, this, uh, 
this way of forgiveness was. And she said, it's only possible if you have Christ in your heart. There's a local journalist followed the story and he said, this is imitation of Christ at its most naked. He went on to say, I don't want to denigrate anybody else who says that they're imitating Christ, but the Amish walk the walk as much as they talk the talk. Sometimes it's, it can be easier to read the words off the page or preach them from a, from a pulpit. And so it's a whole different ballgame, walking that out, living that out, demonstrating that in all of its Christ-likeness. There's another story that took place a bit closer to home. Um, a guy called Richard Moore. And I absolutely, over the last couple of years, I've heard Richard Moore speak a few times and I just love listening to him. He's a breath of fresh air listening to his story. And you can listen to him. He's done an interview with a the friend of ours down in, in Ross Trevor, Johnny Clark. You can go on to BBC and you can watch his documentary called Blind Vision. Or you can read his, listen to his TED talk on, um, on his website. But in 1972, Richard Moore, as a 10-year-old boy, I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with the story, but as a 10-year-old boy, when he's walking home from school, before he'd even left the school playground, he was shot by a British shoulder, soldier. And at the age of 10, became blind for the rest of his life. And why I love listening to him is because how he speaks about blindness and darkness. And he talks about blindness and darkness not being the same thing. And he tells his story about how he has avoided living in darkness by not being consumed with anger and not being consumed with bitterness. There's a difference between living in blindness and darkness. Fascinating. 35 years after he had been shot as a young schoolboy, blinded for the rest of his life, he, uh, he started a business, he got married, he's got two girls. He missed, he missed seeing them, he missed seeing their birth. He was there, but he talks about how that was one of his regrets, that he missed the birth of his children, missed all of those moments with his kids. And in 2007, 35 years after this incident, he met the soldier who shot him. And again, it's fascinating listening to him talk about this encounter he met the first time that they met they chatted for four and a half hours and to this day they are they are incredibly close friends it's remarkable listening to the story and they give joint talks him and the soldier that, sh that shot him they now give talks in different arenas in different places entitled the gift of reconciliation he talks about unforgiveness. He, ta I, I, he talks about it being a self-destructive emotion. A self-destructive emotion. And he quotes 
uh, he quotes an American author, Marianne Williamson, who said unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. In the TED talk that Richard Moore, that Richard Moore gives at Stormont a number of years back, um, 2019 actually, he talks about forgiveness being a gift that you give to yourself. Again, just interesting listening to him. Forgiveness is a gift that you give to yourself because you, if without forgiveness, without dealing with the bitterness and the anger, you are the one who is consumed from the inside. That's why he refers to it as a self-destructive emotion because it's you are the one who is consumed from the inside. And I find him helpful because he talks about um, forgiveness not changing the past. And for him, it does, it does change the future. It doesn't change the past, but it does and it can change the future. Another challenge for me is sometimes you present these, these, uh, these stories, inspiring and incredible stories as they are, my hope is that, that in telling them that wouldn't lead to people feeling guilty or feeling bad that that's not where they're at. They couldn't get to that place. That's not what I would want us, the way that I would want us to leave this morning. Everybody's journey is going to be different. Everybody's story, everybody's wrestle, everybody's struggle is going to be different. But I think it's worth sharing these stories to, to see what's possible. To see what learning that has taken place from others who have, who have led the way or carved out a path for us to at least consider. And ultimately, as much as we are inspired by the, this Amish community, as much as we can be inspired by the story of Richard Moore, for the last few moments here, I want us just to reflect on the one that we actually want to follow the way that has been carved out for us. And for me, Luke chapter 23, verse 34, is, is where I want to finish our time this morning. I'll not read the whole account of the crucifixion. I'll just read verse 34. Where Jesus... If you have a red letter edition, you'll see that this is in red where Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. I suppose for me over, whenever I knew I wanted to talk about this, this Sunday, as much as there was other things that I tried to talk myself into speaking about, I kept being drawn back to this verse Luke 23, verse 34, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they were doing. And every time I came back to it, I found myself being equally shocked, but equally in awe of its beauty. One of those moments of, it just feels like, again, as I read it this morning, it feels like one of those moments of tension where this is so shocking, but it is so beautiful. It is so central, it is, it is so pivotal, it is so important for us. As Jesus has been beaten, 
whipped to inch of his life as he's been spat on, mocked, laughed at, ridiculed, fill in whatever adjective you want. Jesus endured it all and yet as he hung, suffocating, slowly suffocating on the cross, this is what he prays. He prays these shocking words. He prays these beautiful words. In spite of all that has been done to him, in spite of all that he's endured, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And there's part of me at the start of the week, I find myself reacting to that, saying, Jesus, how can you pray that? It seems everything they've done has been incredibly intentional. It's like everything they've done has been so, so prepared and, and like they do know. They do know what they're doing. How can that be your prayer? How can you pray that they don't know what they're doing? And we are ones that have, if we're taking this seriously, if we're taking this serious, seriously, if we're taking what Jesus says and what Peter says and what Paul says seriously, we have to engage with this in a deeper level. We're being constantly repeated, repeatedly commanded to follow the example of Jesus. We're told to imitate him. We're told to walk like him. Paul in Philippians tells us, have this same attitude that Jesus had. This is the attitude that you're, you're to have. And I reflect on all of that and I go back to these words, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And when I acknowledge the attitude that Jesus had, when I, when I continue to wrestle with the fact that if I want to walk this way, I need to have the, the same attitude. I need to have the same attitude that Jesus showed toward his enemies. The attitude that he, Jesus showed towards his enemies is the attitude that I have towards mine or that you have towards yours. And I think I've said this before, but if that is the standard, if that's the attitude that we have towards our enemies, I don't think there is anybody left that is excluded from our love it feels like there is nobody left who is excluded from our forgiveness if enemy love is the example of jesus if enemy love is the 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 way that he has imitated the way that he has walked for us to imitate for the way that he's walked for us to follow it's really difficult It's really demanding. I'm not sure that we can avoid the challenge. I'm not sure that we can avoid the wrestle. And so the same, and this is where where it begins to get challenging for me. Because the attitude I think that Jesus was, was demonstrating on the cross was he assumed, he assumed that they didn't know what they were doing. And I, uh, I, it made me think this morning actually of a, of a course that I did. I did a five-week course um, called Teen Coaching. And I found it really helpful. And in the first week, the, the tutor, he quoted from a psychologist that, that, that said a number of years ago, all behavior makes sense. And so there's, people's, there's people's situations and stories that we don't know. We don't know behind the closed doors. We don't know all that they've, 
all that they've experienced, all that they've walked in. We don't know it all. We just watch their behavior and we make judgments on their behavior. Our attitude towards them is based on their behaviors that, that maybe offend, that maybe upset us. If we believe that this, what the psychologist is saying is true, all behavior makes sense. Greg Boyd actually says that everybody has a prequel. He was talking about how he went to see the, there was a, I never, I never knew it existed, but apparently there's a prequel to The Wizard of Oz. And he began to see that all the, all the behaviors, all the stuff that you see manifested in the, in the movie, they make sense once you see the prequel. And he says that we all have a prequel. All behavior makes sense. And, and maybe that's what we need to lean into here. Maybe that's what we need to, the place that we need to get to. If we can acknowledge that people have been brought up differently, people's priorities have been different, their experiences have been different, have experienced a lack that we can never understand, maybe we can get to that place, the same attitude that Jesus had, that we can assume that they don't know what they are doing. And I know for me, and I'm guessing for some of you, that there is nothing that runs more at odds with the attitude that comes most naturally to us. Because the attitude that, mo- that, that most naturally comes to us, I would suggest, is not always pleading for the forgiveness of those who are doing the things they're doing or saying the things that they're saying. Often, or rather than pleading forgiveness, at times we can plead that God would exact vengeance, or maybe that's just me, but it is something that we're going to have to engage with, I think. It is something that I think we're going to have to, to, to look a bit deeper. I don't think there's any way for us to talk about the kingdom way of Jesus, or to talk about what it is to live the kingdom life and, and separate it from forgiveness and so the forgiving way of Jesus is demanding it is difficult but it is one that he invites us to follow it's one that he invites us to journey with and so I'm conscious like I feel it I'm conscious that this maybe feels heavy but I'm also conscious of the freedom as I listen to enough stories. I've told two stories. But as you, begin to, as you begin to go and look up these stories, you can go down a rabbit hole. And it actually is a rabbit hole of hope. Some stories are difficult to read, but there is hope. There is hope at the end of these stories. And as difficult, as demanding, as heavy as it, some of it might feel, unforgiveness is self-destructive. So we're longing that we would be able to live these songs out that we're singing. My chains are gone. I've been set free. And the title of one of Richard Moore's TED Talks is The Freedom of Forgiveness. And that's why I think it's really important for us to, to talk about it. Because I think for some of us that we, we need to be, we need the freedom of holding on to bitterness or resentment. And in fact, I think even for some of us this morning, and I'll finish with this, that some of us in this room actually need to, to be able to forgive yourself. To be able to forgive yourself, actually, I think, is really important for some people. So let me pray. Is it all right? Um, 
Father, I uh, thank you for the example of Jesus. I think I thank you for it. <laughs> I thank you that um, we get to engage with this together. I thank you for the stories of of hope and of forgiveness, God, that we can that we can witness and learn from and engage with. But Jesus, ultimately, we even take our eyes we we take our eyes even further. And so we look to the to these stories that we've told, but we take our eyes even further to you, Jesus. We watch you and we listen to you, and we uh, we want to engage with what you've what, what what you've said and what you've shown and what you've demonstrated faithfully, committed to pursuing your ways, committed to pursuing kingdom life. And the kingdom way of living is is. Um, going to demand some stuff from us that we might not like to give up. But God, I thank you for the freedom that will come from walking the forgiving way of Jesus. Thank you for the freedom that comes from um, of taking a handle, at least taking a handle on our on those things that self-destruct. I got a prayer for those in the room this morning that maybe just need to need to be able to forgive themselves, to experience freedom, and experience chains being broken, but to be able to forgive themselves. Yeah, and God, we um, we're looking to you, God, just to know that we can't do it without you, can't do it without your Spirit equipping us and filling us and empowering us to live the Jesus way, to walk the Jesus way. And God, as we engage with our families and our communities, we want to be ones that don't just talk the talk, but we want to be able to, um, we want to be able to walk the walk. And whatever sacrifice, whatever we have to lay down to do that, God, would you help us? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you all.